Hey, this is in your best interest. I'm Philip Müller. This is part one of our two-part series with Calvin Teo about entrepreneurship and alternative investing as an asset class. Calvin is the co-founder and CEO of Funding Societies, an online peer-to-peer -peer lending platform. Calvin shared his experience on co-founding a startup while he was still in school, as well as the added challenge of managing it from halfway across the world while still having to secure funding. I hope you enjoy it, and if you do, be sure to subscribe and consider leaving us a review and sharing it with your friends. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of In Your Best Interest, your finance topic podcast um, with us today. I'm very pleased to have Calvin Teo. He's the group CEO and co-founder of Funding Societies. Uh, hello, Calvin. Hi, Philippe. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for being part of this. Uh, I think we have a lot of super interesting topics uh, um, in store for today uh, with Calvin, obviously coming from an entrepreneurial background. Uh, I really want to, um, you know, get you guys uh, some insights onto uh, entrepreneurship and what it takes, you know, to start your first business or start any kind of business, um, as well as being uh, the CEO of funding societies as an alternative investment uh, um, player in the fintech space here in Southeast Asia, I thought it was also super interesting to go into uh, alternative investing uh, as an asset class as well with Kelvin. So, but before we do this, Kelvin, um, I always like to, you know, um, get a little bit background uh, on you as a person and, you know, kind of maybe your upbringing. Um, we do it with uh, all, the, all the guests that are on the show because I think it really, uh, you know, helps people understand where you are now um, from, from where you came from. So, Maybe, maybe just to 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 give to start with that. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about you know where you grew up and maybe you know where you went to university, etc. Sure. So I'm I'm Malaysian by birth. Um, grew up in a small town called Senai, um, with about 100 to 150,000 population known for uh, oil palm plantation and manufacturing. So I came to Singapore on a scholarship uh, by the Singapore government at the age of 15. Um, and Went to university in uh, in Singapore. Uh, to national went to national university for my tertiary education, um, in accountancy. Um, where I graduated valedictorian. Um, subsequently, uh, during that period of time, also did a did a year of entrepreneurship minor in US uh, with the University of Pennsylvania. So and that's where it where the whole interest towards entrepreneurship started. Oh, no, no, interesting, interesting. So at 15, you already, <clears throat> you left your hometown to come to Singapore for, for, to study. Um, mm -hmm. I think this is something uh, Freddie did as well, uh, coming from, uh, from Malaysia over um, as well. So wh wh what was that, what was that like? I, I you know, um, I imagine, you know, you're still being at 15, you're still young, leaving, uh, leaving home. Um, what, what, yeah, what was it like coming to Singapore then and being by yourself? Oh, it was, it was actually perfect. <laughs> my, my family, my, my parents were a bit sad that I was leaving home so early at a, uh, uh, so early at a young age. Um, for me, I thought it was it was a, a excellent opportunity um, because Senai was a relatively small town, um, so there wasn't a lot of opportunity. So, so they that really opened gave me the ex, the education the exposure to, to actually do what I'm currently doing. So, so the experience was phenomenal. Yeah, no, I can imagine <laughs> lots of uh, new sensories, uh, especially with Singapore and uh, coming to Singapore from a small town. Uh, that's that's super interesting. Uh, I, I myself, I went to I went to high school in the U.S. for a year uh, at 15 as well. So uh, by myself, I think it's a very it shapes you for life, right? Uh, those experiences. Mm -hmm. 
makes you a lot more independent as well. Uh, but yeah, so when when, we, when you said um, then you went to university uh, here in Singapore, did some stint in the U.S. as well. What was uh, what was your majors that you studied, and why did you choose them? Sure. So I I studied business administration with a specialization in accountancy. Okay. Um, and the key reason is because I'm interested in, in business in general, and that um, being a tra being a traditional Chinese accountancy is considered um, the the core, the basics of of business, uh, and it's an iron rice bowl. So so that's why we picked it. Um, it's a and it's a professional degree that will allow you to continuously find jobs. So that was quite that was a basic uh, basic thinking around uh, the choice. Um, but I think we I picked National University of Singapore for a very specific reason. And that was for its uh, overseas college program, the entrepreneurship program that allowed me to study in a in a uni in a in a university overseas um, at an entrepreneurial city, um, part so studying part time while working at a startup for 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 part time uh, for a period of one year. So it was for for that very specific program that I've chose to go to NUS, and and with, and that has been uh, life changing. Yeah. Uh, what what company did you do the entrepreneurial? Uh, the when you said you worked at a startup there, what was that startup? The the name of the startup was uh, I Meet. Okay. Um, a hospitality platform um, to connect uh, hospitals with their with with the sorry hospitality platform that connects hotels with uh, their overseas counterparts. Okay, interesting. Yeah, no, super interesting. But I think those those programs are so valuable. Uh, I think uh, I, I have. I haven't heard of many of them, but uh, you know, in uh, in Germany, there's a, a program where I'm where I'm originally from, where you know students can when, once you get out of uh, high school, you can choose to go full time to university, or you can actually choose to work for like you know the big companies like SAP or Bayer or Daimler. They have these programs where you kind of like you work um, for a few days a week or two days a week or three days a week, and the other time you're studying at university actually. So they kind of like paying for it, um, but while you get valuable work experience on top of the, uh, the you know, the um, university stuff as well. So yeah. I think, yeah, super, super good combination. So for listeners that are interested in, you know, getting exposure to work while also studying, I think this is a great alternative to just doing um, uh, programs where you just do internships in the summer, right? Uh, it's kind of the same, but uh, a little more immersive, I would say. Um, no, super, super cool. So after university then um did you straight go into entrepreneurship or did you uh, you know go first into uh, like a consulting or an accounting kind of type of job so so upon graduation i, I actually chose a safer path which was to enter into consulting um my first role was basically as a strategy consultant with essential management consulting mm -hmm. uh, for for a year plus and subsequently uh, mckinsey um uh, was uh, someone from the, from McKinsey actually reached out to me uh, and asked if I would be interested to join them. So after after a year plus with Accenture, I've I'm basically moved on to McKinsey for for management consulting for another two more years. Um, got as as usual uh, if you if you perform reasonably well, uh, the uh, McKinsey basically gives you a sponsorship for you to do a, to your masters. Um, and they basically pay for your pay for your masters with the condition that you have to come back to work for them for two years. So so I took up that offer, and in the interim between starting the uni uh, between getting a getting a, uh, a university uh, before entering MBA, um, I basically worked at for about one year at uh, KKR Capstone, which is basically the operating arm of uh, the private equity firm. Yeah. 
Oh, okay. So super interesting. So then, uh, you know, getting your first job in in, in, um, in um, strategy um, with a consulting firm. I always like to ask our listeners, uh, our our guests, actually, um, what did you do with your first paycheck? Because we get really interesting answers from people, and they vary very widely. But uh, what was it for you? Uh, you know, after studying so hard, you know, going through uh, moving to Singapore, going to school, uh, what was it that you bought with your first paycheck? I gave it to my mom. Oh, very honorable, and I. Also, very along the lines what Freddie uh, has done as well, <laughs> you, which you haven't heard, listened yet to, because uh, at, at the time of this recording, um, it wouldn't have been out yet. But uh, yeah, okay, very interesting, uh, but uh, honorable thing to do. Um, the other thing is before I, we we go right into um, the entrepreneurship topic is. I like to ask, what is the best investment you have ever made? And it can be a financial investment, can be whatever it might be for you. What was it uh, that stands out in, uh, in in your? I think I can, for the best investments I've made, I can perhaps talk about financial investments or, the, or, or asset classes I've invested. But in all candor, I find that the two most meaningful one to me, one was, ed was uh, education and another was um was basically the house, house or more specifically a home, right? So from an education perspective, after uh, after receiving the offer from Harvard Business School, um, in all candor, I did consider whether to to to, to give up the offer, primarily because um, KKR was an excellent place to be in, um, and and it does set me does prepare me for the next for, for for entrepreneurship eventually. So if if you are already in a place that you are, you are in, why do you still go back to get? spent two years on an education, but I personally find that has been one of the, the most most empowering experiences that I've had. Um, may not be financially uh, MPB positive, but from a from an overall holistic perspective, I think it makes it makes uh, it, it is one of the most uh, most fantastic investments I've made. And of course, a home is a home is a home because uh, it gives one's sense of root uh, rootedness, and that helps to make to to plan for your life, and of course, uh, to put things into perspective. No, that's that's uh, that's great. Uh, I think uh, a home. I feel very strongly, just like you, uh, about as well. And then, uh, yeah, I think education makes a lot of sense, and especially uh, from you. Um, as I was doing my research uh, for today's uh, podcast, um, you know, I think. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think during your studies uh, in your MBA at Harvard, you actually met your co-founder, right, Renault, uh, from funding for funding societies, and the idea was born there. So I think uh, that must have, uh, that's a good bridge to your entrepreneurship uh, story, but I think uh, that probably adds to that, uh, why you why you ranked this so high as a good investment, right? Yep, I, I, it is, and, and that is still true, regardless of whether the startup is successful, eventually becomes successful or not, because um, I think the whole experience itself is, is once in a lifetime and uh, if you miss this window of opportunity you miss it for life yeah so 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 with that being said i think we kind of you know like moved through your through your history um then 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 to me what stood out uh, what i would like to understand better is is funding societies first of all the first business you ever started so did you go straight from you know um your 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 KKR MBA, uh, or did you do something in between, maybe in high school or in, in university, um, that prepared you for this uh, for this step? Um, besides the entrepreneurship program, I I did um, know this was our very first startup, and the reality is that um, when I 
I did uh, when I decided to do my masters at Harvard. It wasn't because hey, I was looking to start a company after. Um, it was really all all stars aligning, and that uh, finding out this is a this is a business that I'm passionate about. So I'm interested not to. I'm interested in starting funding societies. I'm not interested in starting any other way business. We, and and the reason that we think funding societies is special is because it is really solving a big problem, uh, a generation shifting problem, uh, for Southeast Asia, and that we have a uh, we are passionate about the underdogs, the SMEs that usually are are facing some fun, financing challenges. Um, for that is stops hindering them from fulfilling their full potential. And there's a realistic path for us to be number one. It, it, so it's really because of us chancing upon this um, this opportunity that is very much aligned to our heart and aligned to our market, such that uh, we decided to start this company. So it's not, and we are not interested in entrepreneurship in general. We're just interested in solving this problem specifically. Yeah, which is a societal problem, and I think uh, I think especially the SME space. Uh, it's not like your peer-to-peer lending like the big players that started in the US um, uh, first in this area where they were giving you know, loans to individuals, right? Because they wanted to refinance their credit card. You hear your, I can actually see, hey, this can make an impact, right? This can help a SME to grow further, right? Uh, to become something bigger, to, to, to solve a need in the community, et cetera. This must, must have been one of you guys' uh, uh, aspirations there as well, right? Yeah, I get it. That's, uh... It is also exactly why we have called ourselves funding societies, right? Um, is is to basically fund the growth and fund the development of societies in Southeast Asia. Yeah, and uh, Calvin, then um, if we if we take a step back into uh, you guys, uh, you coming to the Harvard campus doing your MBA, um, why did you guys uh, decide to start it, or how 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 did the idea come up uh, while you were studying for your MBA? How like so the idea came up when we when someone from funding circle came to speak to at our at our at our at the university um we found that as an as a business model that could really could potentially work in southeast asia if we adapt it to the local context so i right after that uh, right after that uh that talk um i i i found it really interesting decided to research more um, went to the West Coast to visit the various uh, peer-to-peer learning platforms in US at that point in time to really understand the business. Um, pitch it to Raynaud, um, to, to, to because I, just myself, we will not be able to create a company that is number one in the space. But I think together, because of complementary skills and background, we have a realistic chance to be number one. So, so I shared the idea with him. Very fortunate that A, his values, his core values is very much in alignment with me. And B, his, um, he's also passionate about this space because his fam- he comes from a family business background and his family did went through a near-death experience when, um, when their credit line was redrawn. Um, so because of, because of that, um, we, we started spending more time on, a, on, on the idea. And before we know it, um, the, the business was incorporated. So you, so you already incorporated while still being in school? Yes, correct. We started the company while we were still in school. In, in fact, we raised our seed round and series A while in school. Oh, wow. Wow. That's super interesting. And, and I want to get into, you know, how to get financing to start a, 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 a company here soon. Um, uh, the other thing um, I wanted to get to, though, was um, by, you know, when you guys started the business, um, 
how did you make sure that you know yes you you guys were aligned but in order to start funding studies you also needed to have a tech background right Mm -hmm. um it's a fintech company you know it's a platform you have an app and everything when you first started out you know working on the business plan together the idea made sense what are the other like hurdles that you had to overcome and i'm, I'm just thinking out loud because i'm not coming from a from a tech background myself neither right so how did you find the right people to start working on the product so, so that's a very good question because um, who would want to work for two students who have never started a company before, who are still not, who are not physically around in a country that the company is being started? Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so that was a that was a big challenge for for us, and I think how we have, but I think to us the key was that is to is to start somewhere. So we built through through uh, relationships with we got we were introduced by an IT firm in Jakarta. Um, who was willing to basically build build a product for us? So literally, we use a vendor to build a product initially, okay. um, and and when when as as things when the company gained traction, we basically asked the founder of the of that IT company to shut out the company and join us, um, which he did. So um, so so we were very fortunate to be able to 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 start a comp to to build a product uh, build, a, build a product while we were still in school like that. Yeah. Yeah, super interesting. And I think, you know, uh, we're recording this during um, the COVID-19 period, right? Um, so I think uh, this this building a company like you guys did remotely, I think is, uh, well, this was already a few years ago. I think now it will gain even more traction, right? Because tech teams can be, you know, scattered around the globe. You can now find, you know, take talent from anywhere and still make it work. And I think, you know, the, the this is really, I think, a, this period in time right now is probably a huge accelerator in that space. Um, so right now, um, do you guys have your team then all centrally located or are they still scattered around uh, a bit? The Currently, the team is uh, scattered because we are currently present in, present in four countries. So Singapore, Indonesia, Malaysia, uh, with a satellite office in Thailand. So as SME Finance is a very localized business, it's a regulated business in each of the country. And we're licensed in each of the country. Um, we need to have a local team in each in, in, in them. Whereas, where our, whereas there are regional teams where where local presence is not as important. For example, uh, product data engineering, finance, accounting, uh, legal, HR. So these functions are less localized. So to that extent, we basically uh, set up center of excellence based on where we can find great talent. Yeah, <clears throat> that makes. Uh, Perfect sense there. Um, so let's get back then to you already mentioned it. Uh, you you mentioned financing, right? And I think for for a lot of people, you know, when they when they look at hey maybe quitting their job or like you know they have a business plan in mind, um, the next thing is how do you get financing, right? How do you start? Do you go out and ask your family and friends for angel investing rounds? Um, do you directly go to uh, VCs? Um, you mentioned uh, you guys raised the seed round uh, already in college. So maybe you can uh, go a little bit in more detail on what your thinking was behind getting funding uh, to, to for the business in the beginning and um, yeah, what your steps were in, 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 in reaching that goal. I think we we were very fortunate in a sense that um, we, managed, we were able to raise our seed round from uh, Alpha JWC, which is an Indonesian-based venture capital firm, during our summer holidays uh, in, in our masters. Uh, the fact is that when we first started the company, our plan was to bootstrap. Um, but we realized that 
timing is very important. The window of opportunity is closing. If we do not grow, uh, build up the, establish ourselves fast enough, um, we'll miss our window of opportunity. So instead of bootstrapping it, we decided to, to raise funds. Um, and I think how we, we just got extremely lucky in the process that during summer holidays, we came back to, to work with our team. So basically at, at, that, at that point in time, we have a team of four whom we, were, whom we recruited by posting ads on startupjobsasia.com, so on a website, yeah. and <laughs> through Skype and managing the teams uh, through, through Skype and, and emails, right? So, so th- th- we, we basically met the team for the very first time um, after working for a few months. Um, so they during those months, uh, Reno and I basically worked from 8 p.m. to 3, 4 a.m. Boston time. So that because it's 12 hours difference compared to Singapore, um, so that we can be physically, so that we can, the team can feel that we are we are present. But I think the summer holidays allow us to actually really be physically present with this team. And that's when they share with us the whole tech in Asia pitching competition. We went there, we we pitched, we happened to win it. There was some media coverage for that. Um, VC started approaching us, and we were fortunate to 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 sign a deal with Alpha JWC before we returned um, back to to college. And when, um, so after funding, uh, how long was it until you guys were able to go live with the product? Oh, we went live before the funding. Oh, <laughs> before the funding already. <laughs> so we did, after incorporating, we did 100 days of incorporation, we have launched the platform. So when we went into a pitching competition, we actually have a live business with some customers um, already. Oh, wow. So, so rapid, rapid development there, even, even from abroad. So this is uh, super cool to hear. But um, so then, then you got the funding, kind of what were the next steps? Like, how did you manage to grow the company and, and build a customer base up till now? And I, I'm especially interested because for you, you actually have two kinds of customers, right? You have to have relationships with companies, the SMEs. Plus, you have to have relationship with investors who provide the funding to the SMEs. So, so you actually have to uh, basically acquire two sets of customers uh, with different needs. Um, so how, how did you guys manage to do that and, and grow up till now? Sure. There, I think there are, there are quite a few articles and, and uh, knowledge uh, research online on how, uh, on how to solve a two-sided platform uh, problem, right? I think for us, we took the approach of first of... of and getting natural advantages on one side and then work to solve uh, the second, the other side. And, and I think the natural advantage that we, the, the, the side that we chose to use natural advantage was uh, in, on the investor side. So when, so very fortunate that Reno has, has a family business that can help us to bankroll some of these loans initially. Mm-hmm. So, so the, the family was uh, agreed to fund the first one, first million dollar of loans. Um, so really grateful for the family. Um, and that meanwhile, so meanwhile, we start building up the, the base for both borrowers and investors. So, so with that initial funds, at least we can be assured that any borrowers that we can't be on board, there is money to be lent. Um, and that helps to kickstart the, 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 the traction of the overall platform. So when initially when the platform just started, it was, even though it's a crowdfunding business, it was a crowd of two, basically Raynaud and I. <laughs> but very fortunate that through PR and um um, and uh, media who who have been really kind to us, uh, we managed to attract uh, to to gradually attract quite a number of investors um, through press coverage. So that's 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 then um, you know kind of some nice insights on, on on how to how to grow the business and how you've done this uh, on both sets of customers. 
let's talk about um, some of the challenges that you faced, right? Uh, if there's any one or two challenges that you would single out as, the, you know, the, the biggest ones so far, or uh, that is there anything that, that was really challenging? I, I, I know starting a business is always challenging, but there might be one or two where you're like, oh my gosh, is this actually going to work, right? Uh, or do we have to, 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 to close down the shop? Uh, have you had those moments yet? <laughs> my my theory is that you have to go through three uh, near-death experiences um, before, before before you become really successful. I think there, there have been episode, major episodes of challenges for us um, in the last few years, be it in terms of uh, being attacked by bigger uh, tech firms, um, as well as um, the first major default. Um, and of course, uh, it, as COVID hits, this is a difficult period for, for everyone. Um, uh, I think we are relatively fortunate to to have our Series C money in in a, right before uh, in, in, amidst COVID. Um, but I think there has, I think in the case of in 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 a startup situation, um, there isn't quite a cookie cut. There, there are common problems that most startups face as they scale up um, from an organization behavior perspective or from a unit economics perspective. Um, but I do I do do reckon that. A lot of these challenges are seem really big at that point in time, um, but when you when when you break it down into smaller pieces and solve it bit by bit, and you look back, um, you realize that actually it's not not as big a deal um, after you've passed through that. Yes, uh, I think that, that that's a good approach to piece by piece, right? Uh, because the problems seem mounting at the time, and then if you just you know cut them up like you said, uh, they seem a little bit more. Um, easier to solve or easier to swallow. Uh, so that's a very good lesson there. Um, what is then your vision for funding societies? Let's you know look 5, 10, 15 years into the future. Where, where, where do you see funding societies? Is it more on a um, maybe expansion in different markets? Is it other products? Um, what, what, yeah, how do you see uh, this, this company of yours evolve? So I think our vision is to evolve into a full-stack SME financing platform, right? And when I say full-stack is how can we not just provide financing, but really provide other forms of services that can help SMEs to grow, uh, grow from a technology and non-technological perspective. And eventually as assisting not just uh, uh, SMEs in Singapore, Indonesia, Malaysia, but covering all key, all key six economies of Southeast Asia. Okay, so so expansion, uh, you know, product expansion as well, um, being being there more holistically or, and with different products for for the SMEs uh, is your vision in the future. Then, what is some advice to close off the entrepreneurial section? What is some of the one piece of advice that you would give to our listeners who want to become entrepreneurs themselves? I think the. I, I find a lot of I find entrep entrepreneurship is a hot topic. I'm not sure if it's still going to be a hot topic after COVID nineteen, but a lot of people like to talk about it with starry eyes. Uh, that hey, it's a it's a it's a romantic experience. Um, you have you you have full autonomy to do what you want, um, so and so forth, right? But I think. The, the reality is that the whole entrepreneurship experience is extremely hard um, and that unless you have a very clear reason as to why you want to do it, um, it, 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 is, it, it, it is not 
so I, it is very important to know why you want to do it before you embark on that journey um, because the challenges will come. The rewards is great uh, if, if a company is successful, but the challenges will come. And when, when hard times is going, you will not be thinking about the rewards. You'll be thinking about that your North Star in terms of why, why you are doing what you are doing, right? So, so having that self-awareness and clarity, I think is very important before one starts their company. Thanks for that advice. I think that's val val valuable lesson there from a, a, a successful entrepreneur like Calvin for all the listeners out there. That's it for the show this week. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe and leave us a review. The reviews really help us and we love reading your comments as well. In Your Best Interest is hosted by me, Philip Müller. We're produced by Stashway and we're mixed by Mo Ramley.